1: Hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Stanziao. Chris, what a weekend. What a weekend. First, we were coming off that nice buzz, that great win against Marquette. Then we played the Butler Bulldogs over the weekend. And I'll be honest, you know, for the first few minutes, it wasn't looking so hot. I thought we were going back to the old bad habits that dog Nova throughout that three game losing streak. That ugly losing streak that had a lot of people hitting the panic button. But then they turned on the Jets. They went to hyperspeed. And then they just flat out demolished the Bulldogs. And then when you thought it couldn't get any better... There was news on Sunday of Creighton pulling off the nice upset over Marquette, getting that revenge win after the way they lost, in my opinion, got screwed over in that earlier meeting, the one when Sam Hauser hit that shot, so forcing overtime, and then Marquette ended up beating the Blue Jays earlier in the year. But it couldn't have came at a better time because now this end-of-conference race is heating up. It's exciting, and Nova and Marquette are now tied up again. We're just hoping for a couple more upsets coming Marquette's way. But man, what a weekend between the Butler win... The Marquette loss, great time to be a Nova fan. Great time. Great time. Great time to reinstill our hope coming down the stretch here in the regular season.
0: Yeah, it was a really good week. I got to say, like you said, the Marquette win, then the Butler win. So you got finally put back-to-back wins together after that terrible losing streak, four or five, all that stuff. You're able to sneak back into the polls, as we'll discuss later. Then you have a little bit of help with Marquette losing at home, which was pretty stunning against Creighton of all teams. I guess a little bit of revenge, like you said, uh, with that Sam Hauser shot at Creighton. And that was was a fun game to watch, I got to say. But good weekend, good week. It's good to be back on the winning track, I got to say. I will say, though, didn't get as much help as you wanted because St. John's did end up losing to DePaul and thus qualifying themselves as the most useless team of the week. But everything went according to schedule outside of that, I'd say. And now you get a little bit of a break, get a little bit of a bye week almost rest up and you got the Seton hall pirates coming up on saturday
1: oh yeah oh yeah thank you for reminding me about the st john's game because that was an uber disappointment we will go into the scenarios later on in the show but first we got to go one step at a time we got to talk about this butler game for eight minutes nova only had five points it was not cute it was not a cute start it was looking like the ugly play that we had seen in that three game stretch was coming back Phil Booth was just missing shots. It looked like his legs didn't exist, that they were ready to disintegrate into Ash. And then somehow, someway, Nova fights its way back into the game, take the lead at the break, and then in the second half, just absolutely dominated. Everyone at the Wells Fargo Center was having fun again. I know we already celebrated senior night, but what a game for Phil Booth. What a game by Eric Pascal. In their last game ever at the Wells Fargo Center. You know, I got to give it to Phil Booth. He really turned it on. After missing his first three shots, he went 10 for 12 the entire way. Finished with a game-high 28 points. We hadn't seen him have this kind of performance in what feels like quite some time. And then you had Eric Pascal. Man, he only had 12 points. But he had a couple nice rim-rattling dunks during that big second-half run that Nova used to really pull ahead. Push their lead into double figures. And then once they were leading by double digits, they hardly looked back, pushed that bad boy into the 20s, and then they ultimately won 75-54, to 54. big ups to Booth and Pascal for their games. But also you had Sadiq Bey chipping 11, and then defensively, man, Butler couldn't hit anything. They limited Kamar Baldwin to 10 points, he was 4-12 of 12 on the floor, not so great, and then Paul Jorgensen, he was the only other player in double digits, chipping at 11, but Just the effort defensively that Nova exhibited in the second half, holding Butler to shooting under 30% overall, just 18.8% from deep. Ugly, ugly, but great defense on Nova's part. And it was just a nice all-around win. Good to get back on winning back-to-back games, winning consecutive games. And just a nice encore for those senior players in their final home game. I know it's not the Pavilion, but there's something special about seeing these guys at the Wells Fargo Center, seeing them play in Philly, and now they'll be playing on the road from here on out. Chris, what were your impressions of this game? What did you think? What stood out to you?
0: Well, the thing that stood out most to me was the performance of the seniors in their last true home game in Philadelphia. So... You got to give props to them. And it was a very treacherous beginning. We were discussing five minutes into this game that we're like panicking that they were going to back to their old ways, reverting back to their old stuff. Phil Booth going with the no, 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 yes, yes, yes type offense. And it was not a great start at all. And that's been plaguing this team since the get-go. I mean, they haven't had exactly the best starts, but Phil Booth found his rhythm. He had a fantastic end of the first half and all entire second half, finishing with 28. Hitting those long range threes, those dagger threes, and you, you got to give props to him because the ability to hit those shots after being cold for so long, to just go out there with reckless abandon, with confidence, and to hit down those shots with a hand in the face, you, you got to give it to him. We get on him when he's bad, so we've got to give him praise when he's good. Eric Pascal had another great game. Like you said, I mean, yeah. What, what else can be said about him? Like, yeah, he goes one of five from three, but it, it really didn't even feel like that. Everything else he did, uh, rebounding, uh, I thought he played a pretty good passing game with five assists. He finished with 12. He does all the little things well. Had some nice drives to the Basics, some explosive dunks, which gets everybody fired up. Sadiq Bey, like you said, coming in with the tertiary option scoring, finishing with 11. He had a nice game. Some nice post moves, too. He showed off a a lot of post moves that we really haven't seen so far this year, I felt like. I guess he's just growing some confidence down low, which I'm pretty impressed with. So yeah, and then, like you said, the defensive effort was fantastic as well. We highlighted last week that Jordan Tucker's three-point shooting has been absolutely awful in the second half of the season this year and he goes 0 for 5 from deep, and the shots weren't particularly good. A lot of step backs, a lot of highly contested shots, so credit to the defense. And Kamar Baldwin, I to be honest with you, outside of that run where Butler cut it to eight or eight or so points in the second half, I did not even notice he was on the court. Great defensive effort all around. There really isn't anything to nitpick. Like I said, the the slow start at the beginning, yeah, but other than that, I thought everybody played pretty well. I mean- All right, so what? Samuels went one of five and doesn't finish, uh, follow up his 29-point game with only seven points, but he finishes with 11 rebounds, 10 of the defensive variety. Oh, okay. Cremo goes one of one from three. He only takes one shot, but he was doing some little things well. He even grabbed seven boards. And honestly, say what you will about him. I I think he's been doing okay defensively lately, taking a lot of charges. He he did have that one missed free throw at the front end, the one and one in the Marquette game, but that Other than that, he's been perfectly fine. He hasn't done anything bad. So I think the team, the team's coming together pretty well here at the end of the season. And I hope that this uh, week off helps them gain their legs back because we, we
1: all know they certainly need that. As we said in the middle of that losing stretch, we were kind of hoping that when Nova lost back to backs, they always followed with a nice big winning streak. And we were hoping that, hey, you know, they lost three straight. I mean, after two, we were like, okay, this is when they turn around, especially against Xavier. But when they lost to Xavier and they lost three straight, we were hoping that a run would start. And starting the winning streak or starting a hypothetical win streak with that big win against Marquette would be huge. I'm hoping that this carries on to postseason because everybody knows that no matter how well you do, you always want to keep your best for last. And if this really is the start of that, I'm all for it. This was such a comfortable win in the second half in the way that Villanova was able to dominate. Yes. The first eight minutes were very rocky. It was not hot. I thought we were in for another dogfight that probably was slightly unnecessary. Kind of unwarranted since it's only the Butler Bulldogs. But the way that they just took control, took charge in the second half, it was fun again. You know, a lot of people on Twitter and in the comment section, they were saying, now this is Villanova basketball. Now this is having fun again. You know, watching your seniors lead the charge, and then everyone following their lead right behind them. I know you said there isn't much to nitpick, but you could always make a case for the minutes distribution. The fact that our seniors, Booth and Pascal, yes, I understand you want to give them a curtain call. It's their last game in Philly, but man, maybe didn't warrant 36, 38 minutes. But we've talked about this point so many times. And honestly, the only time I want to talk about minute distribution from this point on is if Jay actually changes his ways. But I don't think that's going to happen. So we are just not going to regurgitate that point anymore. But other than that, so many positives from this game. Yes, I know you said that Samuels only had seven points, was one of five on the floor. His rebounding was great as always. But I thought on the broadcast, I believe it was Donnie Marshall. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But he brought up a point that we talked about on the show last time that even if Samuels doesn't replicate that 28-point performance, I would have been surprised if he did it again or if he would do it three straight games with 20-plus points. But it's the fact that now teams know that he has it in him. Teams are now going to have to respect him when they see him on the floor. They're going to actually have to guard him. Marquette didn't want to respect him until he gave them a reason to. And now teams know like, oh, wow, this guy can go off for 28. He can actually be a part in their offense, catch people off guard. It becomes different when you actually have to pay attention to all five guys on the floor. I thought Donnie Marshall did a great job of bringing that up in the broadcast. I highly agreed with him. This was something that we talked about last time, and you saw it. Butler definitely paid a little more attention to him than they did previously. But overall, man, just a great game. Obviously, you would have loved to see the guys not play in garbage time. Maybe get more bench minutes. Honestly, there isn't really much to complain about other than the slow start. But that's something, you know, if you've watched Villanova basketball, you've seen that a bunch of
0: times. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's always a second-half team. Yeah, we've been saying this since we were in school that there have always been a second-half team. But, yeah, with regards to the minutes, I mean, I didn't even bring it up because I'm just, like you said, we're just so used to it by now that we know they're going to play 35-plus. That Like, why even complain about it? The ways aren't going to change, especially at this point in the season. I was happy to see at least Quinterly drive to the basket and almost have the jelly layup, but he missed, and I got really upset by that. I really wanted to see him convert on that. That would have been cool. Continuing on your Samuels point, he went 5 of 6 from the line, which is pretty good for him considering what he went from the line the other night, which was 4 of 9. But he went to the line the most times out of any Villanova player. Uh, 6 compared to Boots 5, Gillespie went twice, Pascal went twice, so on and so forth. As a team, they went to the line 19 times. And that was one of your key points in going into this game. Get to the foul line because Butler doesn't. How many times did Butler get to the foul line? Five times. That's it. And they converted on only three of them. But that's a pretty stark difference right there. You're already up 11 points by virtue of your 14 makes to their are only three. So they were able to get to the line. And a lot of that was driven by Samuels. He was able to get to the basket, I felt like, and draw a lot of fouls, which is what he was doing against Marquette. So, yeah, like you said, if Ani Marshall said on the broadcast, if the teams got to respect him now, they're going to at least cover them. And to cover him, they're going to foul him. So it, get to the line and convert your free throws. I mean, obviously, Samuels isn't the best free throw shooter, but on this night, he was five of six. So you'll take it. Yeah, and that's a great point about Samuels.
1: I almost overlooked that, honestly, just because throughout the year, he's been shooting below 60% from the free throw line and five of six is not bad. If you can start really improving at that point, especially if he's going to be the one taking charge to get to the line more often than some of the other guys, you're going to need to see him hit five of six. I'll take that. Over 4 of 9 any day. Good to see improvement there. Hopefully it sustains. But overall, man, just such a good win for Nova. A feel-good win in that they're now holding consecutive wins. They got a game on Saturday, the season finale against Seton Hall. Before we get to that, I just want to go into the other parts here surrounding college basketball in the Big East. Nova is now back up into the polls. They're sitting at 23 after the big wins against the Golden Eagles and the Bulldogs. And then Marquette, on the other hand, they took a little bit of a dive. They dropped from number 10 to number 16 on the polls. And that's pretty much it for all you have for the Big East because there's no one in the receiving vote section. Nothing like that. Chris, this conference race is really heating up now. We're in the hunt for at least a share of the regular season title. Number one seeding would be nice, but what exactly needs to happen? What are we looking at here? Give me the math. Give me the numbers. I know we were banking on St. John's. It looks like they couldn't do their job. What are we looking at here?
0: Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, since Villanova and Marquette split the season series, the next tiebreaker would then go to their records against the third place team, which at this point right now is Georgetown. And since Villanova's losses are more spread out throughout the conference compared to Marquette's, Villanova went one one against Georgetown, Marquette went two-and-oh. So if both teams were to tie at the end of the year, Marquette would have the number one seat. So that's why we were kind of hoping St. John's would beat the DePaul because pretty much the only way Villanova can win this conference outright with a tied conference record is if St. John's finishes third because Villanova went one to one against St. John's. Meanwhile, Marquette did not beat them in both their attempts. So Right now, you got Georgetown at three, Xavier at four. So even if they flip-flop, Marquette will still have the advantage because Marquette beat both teams both times. Seaton Hall sitting at seven and nine, maybe if... I mean, they got a big week coming up. We'll talk about that when, during their preview. Maybe they slip up to three, but then it would still go to one, one for both teams, and then it would go to the fourth place team. It, it's very complicated right now. So this is why it's, this week's pretty huge. But more likely than not, Marquette will be the number one seed, which... Honestly, if Georgetown slips to the four, if you're a Villanova fan, you probably take that because hence Xavier might be your three, which I mean, I wouldn't mind that matchup at the Garden. Obviously, you got to get through the 7-10 matchup at that point, which right now would be Creighton or Butler, which isn't exactly easy, but that's where it stands right now. I think they'll get the split. I don't see Marquette losing another time. I really don't. Maybe Seaton Hall gives them a little bit of trouble, but I doubt they lose. And then they finish up the season at home. So I think Marquette wins out and then Villanova will beat Seaton Hall. And then you got a split and then Villanova will probably get the two seed at that point. I don't know how you feel about it.
1: Yeah. So right now, Nova is a half game ahead because they played one more game than Marquette. Nova is sitting pretty until Saturday while Marquette has to go through Seaton Hall. I would like to see Nova take the top seed. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think the rest of the field is just such a crapshoot at this point. We have no idea what's going to happen. I personally would like to see Marquette lose one more. I think Seton Hall has it in them. Granted, I think that's the game that we're all watching. I know you're not going to root for Seton Hall, but it's to the point where Chris Lane has prepped a game thread or game watch thread for Seton Hall Marquette on Wednesday. And because I think the... The fate of the conference or the top seed will pretty much come down to that game because pretty sure Marquette will take care of business at home against Georgetown this weekend. This is their last away game. It's against the Seton Hall team that has now lost three straight, I believe. And they had that double overtime loss to top things off. So they're going to come in angry. This is a very huge week for Seton Hall because as of right now, their tournament hopes are not looking so hot, especially once they lost to St. John's. I thought that they were in a little bit of jeopardy. And then to follow that up with a double overtime loss to Georgetown, they are in need of big wins. No better opportunity for them to get it this week because they'll be hosting Marquette and then they'll be hosting Villanova, the top two teams in the Big East. So this is a very important week for them. I would like to see Seton Hall get the upset. Now, obviously, they're going to be underdogs and they can't sell out the Prudential Center for whatever unknown reason. They've been trying to sell discounted tickets for like the last two, three weeks to this game, which shocks me because they're bringing in a nationally ranked team. Marquette's been one of the top dogs for pretty much since the conference play started and they can hardly sell that out. But hey, for Villanova, they're talking about how they're selling tickets faster than they can actually get them. So I don't know what's going on over there. I get it's a quote unquote rivalry to them, but come on, it's Marquette. This is a huge week for you and you can't sell tickets. What's going on? What's going on there? But anyways, back to business. Ideally, we're rooting for St. John's to finish in third because if they finish in third, we at least have that buffer in the event of a tie that... Nova would just take the top seed because of the tiebreaker rules. Now, it doesn't look like St. John's knows how to take care of business or know the difference between its rights and its left. So, I have no idea what's going to happen, Chris. I feel like it's very hard to predict what's going to happen 3 through 10. I know Brendan went through every possible scenario in a new VU Hoops post, and I mean every possible scenario. So, he actually break down all the other teams as well, aside from what Nova needs. If we're just looking at what Nova needs right now, ideally, I would like for them to be the top seed because, hey, you know, always want to be number one. But, I feel like the, the rest of the field is just so up for grabs. I don't even think we can possibly predict or fully predict what's going to happen with a four through five or a three and six game. The conference seating is just so close right now.
0: No, you make a good point. It is a complete crapshoot, and it's still too early to make predictions on that. And yeah, you, you just don't know what you're going to get, to get by the time the Piggies tournament rolls around. Like, we might be rooting for. St. John's to beat Seton Hall because you want to face St. John's instead or something like that, and then the next thing you know, it's you're ended up losing the St. John's. Like it's just such a, a weird year this year in the conference, but it's a fun year in the conference as well. So it should make for an exciting tournament. I'll give you that. And personally, I would like to see Villanova obviously win the conference and get the top seed, but it's gonna be tough. I I don't know. I feel like Marquette's pretty good, <laughs> and I think they'll take care of business. But how about this for chaos? Imagine if Marquette beats Seton Hall, then loses to Georgetown while Villanova loses the seat in Hall. So then Georgetown would have a one-on-one record against both Marquette and Villanova, and then it would probably go down to the four seat, and then the five. It, it, it could get pretty messy. So lots of variety here, lots of chaos that can ensue if uh, the bigger teams and the better teams don't take care of business here this weekend.
1: Yeah, especially in terms of seeding. You know, I'm sure a share of the title is definitely there, but we're talking about positioning right now, and that's very crucial, as we all know, especially for the Big East Tournament. Because, with especially with the way that teams have been, it's going to be something like where the 6th seed in the Big East tournament isn't actually the 6th seed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're better than that. But because of their record, they just end up being the 6th seed. All these teams right now, from 3 through 10, it looks like they're separated by literally two or three games, which is ridiculous. They're so interchangeable that just because they're a nine seed, don't sleep on them because... Honestly, they were just one game away from being maybe third or fourth.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's all interchangeable at this point. Absolutely. I mean, like we said, like Georgetown and Xavier, even St. John's a bit kind of have separated themselves from the pack. But yeah, from Georgetown to Butler, it's only a two game difference. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know exactly their schedules, but if theoretically, if Georgetown were to lose out and Butler were to win out, they would finish with the same conference record. And the next thing you know, Butler might be ahead of Georgetown in the standings, depending on how the other teams do because of how crazy the tiebreakers can get so it makes for a fun year i gotta say even though the the talent might not be up to snuff and the teams are maybe not as good but it makes for a fun year and it'll certainly make for a fun tournament i'm convinced of i think we're gonna see some crazy stuff like we were talking off air before we might see like an eight three conference (laughs) final tournament i mean that would suck as a villanova fan but it's possible at this point you just don't know
1: You know how it is, March 1st hit, and then all of a sudden we're talking about a little madness, a little chaos. Who knows how it's going to end? I think this is going to be a really fun week, really fun regular season. Good thing as NOVA fans, we get to sit back and watch how these Tuesday-Wednesday night games unfold. And then when the weekend comes, it'll be time to take care of business. But I'm very interested and intrigued by this Marquette-Seton Hall game because I feel like Seton Hall doesn't extend the losing streak just because with their backs against the wall, they really need a big win. I would like to see them upset Marquette. I know you won't root for Seton Hall, but I think just this one time, just this one time, we will allow for people to root for Seton Hall. Just this one time.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. Part of me thinks, no, no, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but part of me thinks that if Seton Hall does beat Marquette, they'll have like even more momentum for Saturday. And then Villanova is like good as done then because you know that Seton Hall is going to get up for that game regardless. But now they're coming in off a big time win against number 16 Marquette. I think we'd, we'd be in some trouble there. Well, there would only be one way for us to find out,
1: and it would be for Seton Hall to beat Marquette. And then we'll see you on Saturday because you are right. As many people say, we are the Super Bowl. We are their national championship game. This game has been in talks about being sold out or being heavily popular before the season even began. Once the schedules went out, basically, they open up the top deck for Nova, this and that. We know how they view Nova. We know how they view the Cats. And honestly, even when they're bad or even when they're good, when Nova goes to the Rock, it's always a game. I don't know what it is about this team. Like they could be a bottom feeder in the big East that one year, or they could be a top dog. And no matter what happens, if Villanova blows them out at home, as soon as the game goes to the rock, completely different team, completely different atmosphere, completely different environment.
0: Yeah. Every game there is a, is a close competition with the exception of the one, two years ago, the Josh Hart senior year one, that was a blowout, but that was just because Villanova couldn't miss that day. Every game there is a highly competitive one. And it usually is followed up with a Villanova blowout at home against Seton hall. So it's a time honored tradition. You get the blowout at Villanova, you get the close game at Prudential center, and then you get the close game at Madison square garden in the big East tournament. So it's possible. It it could happen again this year. It's very possible. Actually, it probably will. That's the way it always goes.
1: (laughs) So we'll get a chance to sit back and watch Seton hall on Wednesday to see how they'll perform. But right now, as it stands today, they're 16-12 and 12 overall. They're 7-9 and nine in Biggie's play. They've lost three straight. Heartbreaker against Georgetown. There's also a funny moment going around that has been all over social media where Quincy McKnight slammed the floor against, I believe it was James Akinjo, the freshman guard at Georgetown. And then Akinjo just proceeds to skate by him like it's nothing, finish at the basket, and then McKnight gets the floor slapped in front of him. Moral of the story, kids do not slap the floor, especially if you're a Seton Hall player because I don't think it's ever worked out to their favor we know this team we've seen them before miles powell is the leading man one of the top players and scorers in the conference he's one of those game changer type players in the way that jamori ponds or marcus howard is now obviously he's fallen off a little bit as of late but he's still that threat to score whenever he touches the ball you cannot sleep on him and he's one of those guys that even though he's having a cold game he can get hot and then all of a sudden you blink and you look up and it goes oh wow he got a, he had a 20 point game oh when did that happen chris Give me the lowdown on this team. What's changed? What's the same? Who are some guys to watch out for? It's pretty much the Miles Powell show, plus whoever decides to step up that day. But who are some guys we should watch out for?
0: Well, if we harken back to the... Seton Hall-Villanova game earlier this year where Villanova won handily 80-52. to Miles Kale's a guy to be looking out for. In that game, he went 5-7 from the field, 4-6 from deep. So expect him to be a factor as well. Currently, he's averaging 10 points a game, 4 rebounds, and about an assist a game. We talked about it last time how we kind of expected him to take a big jump. It looked like initially he wasn't going to, but now this year his numbers have improved. I mean, compared to last year, his field goal percentage is significantly down, but his 3-point percentage is significantly up. So make of that as you will he is like i said he's averaging double digits right now so he's not the only option but yes it is the miles Powell show if you look back the past couple games Powell's put up 35 and 26 in the past two. 35 in that double overtime loss to Georgetown, and 26 in that loss against St. John's. So he can obviously light up the scoreboard whenever he wants. So look out for Powell and Kale. And Kale's actually had some pretty good games as well recently. Put up 21 against Xavier in a one point loss, and put up 20 at Creighton a couple of weeks ago in a six point win. Now, I should say this team has had its share of bad luck recently. Their last three losses have come from the scores of one, eight, and six points with that last one being a double overtime loss against Georgetown. So if they can just get a break or two. It seems that they can win these games, but they just seem to be in the wrong position at the wrong time. So make that as you will. This team is just very hit or miss. They've had some big wins early in the year. They beat Kentucky. They beat Maryland, which seems like a great win. But then you follow that up with two losses against the Paul, three-game losing streak against Xavier St. John's and Georgetown. It's just a very hit or miss team. And you know what? Just going to throw them out there because I love the name. Sandro Mamukalashvili, another player to look out for. He's their leading rebound there with seven and a half, and he's also dropping nine points a game. Those are you guys to look out for. This team is good; they should be right on the bubble as we approach tournament time, or as we approach Selection Sunday. But man, it's it's been a rough couple weeks for them.
1: Yeah, Mamu, as they call him, Mamu Vili, He can also stretch the floor as their top rebounder. And I also want to throw in Michael Lindsay, who I feel like personally it feels like he's been there for eight years. Like he's getting his master's degree, probably his PhD by now. Seems like he's been there forever. Still on the team. Hmm. But yeah, this scene Hall team, they're solid. They could be solid defensively, but their problem is just getting consistent scoring around Powell. And that's something that they can't do on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, sometimes it's Quincy McKnight. Sometimes it's Miles Kale. Sometimes it's Michael Enzi or it's Mabu Kalashvili. But overall, I think that that's what's been hurting this team. The lack of consistent secondary scoring might sound familiar to some, but... Just this team right now, they just shot themselves in the foot. I think that Nova should come out with a win. Ideally, they come out with the win. You never know, just because whenever the game or the series heads to the rock, it's just a tough game out of nowhere. You know, it's like Seton Hall put in some cheat codes, altered their overall ratings, and then everyone plays a lot better. Or performances that come out of nowhere that you just totally don't anticipate. So it's hard to say, but I really do think that Nova should win. Don't be surprised, though, if it's a dogfight. This Pirate team is desperate trying to get to the NCAA tournament. They may or may not waste a pretty solid non-con schedule, and non-con performance, just with the way that they've been doing in Big East play. So they're going to need a big win. If it doesn't come against Marquette, they're, it's going to be all dogs. Leash off, gloves off, everything is loose on Saturday when nova comes to town because man that's going to be a party it's quote unquote the national championship game for them so definitely expect their best i would not expect
0: anything short of that and neither would i but i still do believe villanova goes in finishes up the regular season with the dub at the prudential center and hopefully has the one seed for the big east tournament when it's all said and done on saturday
1: yeah exactly if i were to pick a team between marquette and nova to for one of them to win and one of them to lose, I would definitely pick Nova to win and Marquette to lose. I just feel like the Wildcats are a lot better on the road, or at least are much better equipped on the road versus Marquette. That's kind of why I feel the upset bug is stirring, but I don't want to jinx that too much. I think we just had to wait and see on Wednesday, but I am very confident in predicting a Nova win on Saturday. I think we'll be putting a nice bow on the regular season, a nice finish, a nice solid. Fourteen and four record in conference play, which wouldn't be that far off from our prediction. Actually, I think that's what we said: fourteen and four or fifteen and three.
0: It's exactly what we said: fourteen and fourteen four. and Call four. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boom, <laughs> boom! We got boom. something right for once. <laughs> oh,
1: so yeah, so we're gonna have to wait and see. But I'm thrilled. This is always a pretty good game, especially when Nova travels to the Rock. The game will be on this Saturday at twelve p.m., twelve noon and it'll be on Fox, not Fox Sports 1, not Fox Sports 2, not Fox Sports Business, Fox Sports Network. No, no, no. It's on the big boy Fox. I'm pretty stoked for this. This is always a good game. I'll be looking at this, and hopefully
0: we're going to have some good news to report back on next week. Yeah, for sure. Saturday should be fun, though. You got all the Big East teams playing, and I'm sure after the Villanova game, we'll all know where everything kind of falls into place, who we should be rooting for and whatnot. So Saturday is going to be fun. Yeah, Saturday
1: will definitely be fun. Right after the Nova Seton Hall game, you have Georgetown at Marquette, and that'll be also on Fox. So you don't even need to change the channel. You don't even need to change the channel. It's right there. That's the other big game to watch for. And then, honestly, it's a whole marathon on Fox. You got those two games, and then to round it out, it's a triple header on Fox. I'm surprised that the Big East was able to own this much airtime on Fox Network, Fox 5 here in New York. But it'll be St. John's and Xavier to round things out. Not exactly the (laughs) thrilling primetime game, but Mm -hmm. important nonetheless because if St. John's can somehow squeeze out third place, that would be very good in the event that Nova and Marquette are tied at the top spot. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. A little shorter episode today. Got some traveling to do for work, but we'll be back next week no episode on Thursday. We got that server maintenance going on. We'll be moving our show our servers hosting over to megaphone. It's going to take a couple days to get into effect. And then hopefully next week, we'll have everything all set up. We'll tell you where to go to subscribe to the show. For most people, we're trying to do it so that you don't even have to move a muscle that'll just automatically transfer over. But starting next week, we hope to be on megaphone. Nothing will really change. We'll still be on all the different platforms, but we gotta get it all set up. We gotta get this transfer going. We're pretty stoked to be part of the Vox Media SB Nation podcast network. Can't wait to get that on the road. In the meantime, in the meantime, check back at View Hoops every day. Just continue to pump out content. Come join the game thread on Wednesday night because that'll be a very big pivotal game to watch for in terms of conference seating. We'll see how that Marquette scene Hall game goes, and we'll also see how the Nova scene Hall game goes. That's always a fun one. Come join the party. Check out some articles. Join the comments section. Do it all over at viewhoops.com. Make sure you also follow the site, at View Hoops, and that's good for Twitter and Instagram. Follow the pod, at S-O-N-N pod, on Twitter. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at e 5
0: Yeah, follow Eugene. Follow the pod. Follow View Hoops. Do it all.
1: Nova nation. Have a happy Tuesday. I also have a good rest of the week. When we come back next week, we'll be talking about the biggest tournament. We'll be prepared for that. Probably one of my favorite episodes of the year between the season previews to start the year and then the biggest tournament talk. And then of course, election Sunday after that. Oh man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. See you next week. Have a good one.